Hello, welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. And I'm Jay. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, John Wick. Keanu Reeves' explosive hit. The film follows John Wick, a legendary hitman who is forced out of retirement to seek revenge against the men who killed his puppy, a final gift from his recently deceased wife. John Wick also stars Michael Newkist, Alfie Allen, Adrian Palalecki, Bridget Monaghan, Dean Winters, Ian McShane, John Leguizamo, and Willem Dafoe. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Yeah, um, I can't believe this came out back in 2014. It doesn't feel like that long ago. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? And here we are. Like this, there's now four John Wick films. There's a TV series just around the corner, The Continental, yeah. from the world yeah. of John Wick. <laughs> yeah, um, and it all started with this movie uh, with two guys who were on the stunt team or the Matrix, who worked with Keanu Reeves, and I'm like, hey, we've got this idea. Like, amazing. Yeah, I mean, this it's, is... it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, I mean, I did not see this at the movies. I, I rented it when, when it was available home release. I watched the second one at the cinema, but it was like, it ended up being a lot more than anybody working on this film could have been could have anticipated. I mean, this film essentially revitalized the action film. Yeah. Um and I heard John Leguizamo say re- very recently, uh, he was shocked by how big this came. This, when he was actually on set filming this, he'd had a few uh bad roles in a row. And on the page, this didn't seem particularly interesting. He's like, oh, I've accepted this role basically because Keanu Reeves is in it. I'm going to deliver these lines of this generic character. And then uh, if I'm not, um, if this this flops as well. I'm not sure how much people are going to be willing to hire me. And then he goes, and even on the day, like, is good a time as he had with the people filming it. It didn't seem very special. And he rolls around and sees the uh, the premiere and he's like, holy crap, what <laughs> yeah. What film was it? What film was I in? Because he goes, when you re- and so what you read on the I mean they didn't have the breakdown by action and how it, it just wasn't there because it's yeah. obviously all in the heads of the directors. And he goes, oh, it's just and he goes, I don't think you could have put it on the page. I don't know any way in a normal script that you could have accurately trade what it was going to be. And he goes, so he was shocked. of like, oh, I can't believe that turned out so well. Uh, and I, mean, I was in it. What, Crazy. what about what about Keanu Reeves, though? So in 05, he had Constantine. We've reviewed that already. Yep. We like that film. They're still yep. talking about doing a sequel, but whether the the reshuffling at Warner's is going to affect that. I don't know. But 05, Constantine, it wasn't the the big franchise starter that I guess Warner Brothers were hoping for. The Lake House reunited Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, of course. They did Speed together. 
the big expensive remake of the day the earth stood still yeah and then not was done well but just but it wasn't it wasn't a world beater and people don't know it wasn't because it wasn't trying to stand up to a classic it it came and went so there was a time where diana reeves wasn't doing much of anything and then this film came along and you know like again I rented it when it first came out. Watched it because it was Keanu Reeves. I'd seen, you know, him do action films before. The Matrix, Speed, Point Break. So it's like, okay, you know, this um, this could be could be interesting. But I didn't know how it all started and who it started with. Derek Kolstad's script drew on his interest in action, revenge, and neo-noir films titled Scorn. Producer Basil Iwanick purchased the rights as his first independent film production. Reeves, who was experiencing a career lull, likes the script and recommend experienced stunt and action choreographers Chad Stileski and David Leach to direct the action scenes, but the pair successfully lobbied to co-direct the project. Stileski and Leach focused on highly choreographed long single takes to convey action, eschewing the rapid cuts and close-up shots of contemporary action films. The film exceeded box office projections, earning $86 million worldwide, becoming a modest success and earned generally positive reviews for its style and action sequences. It was hailed as a comeback for Reeves, whose character played to his acting strengths. The film's mythology of a criminal underworld with rituals and rules was also praised as the film's most unique and interesting feature. Now, I mentioned there the box office, 86 million. The budget of this film sat between 20 and 30 million. Yeah. And they did. You're talking like a horror film's worth, like budget. Well, that's it. But they did, they were able to do everything they did with the film. The directors, their background as stunt choreographers that worked with Reeves before. And what always happens, like whenever somebody's cast after the fact, you hear the names of people that they were going to, like maybe this person, that person. Honestly, it's such a long list. I'm talking people like Johnny Depp and all these different names are on this list. But the stunts, the action, like the the, the mythology of the John Wick films, it's all there, but Keanu Reeves, you can't do this film and have it be the film that it is without someone like Reeves that he puts so much time and effort into everything. And yes, they are playing to his strengths and he's good at the physical parts. But then, you know, there's the drama in this, like what we're getting from Reeves and, and he really um, encouraged scenes in the film that convey his human side like what you wouldn't necessarily get from an action film an action star so we've got a character who is showing emotion he's he's crying i mean there's there's times when he's walking around in his pajamas like you wouldn't you know see that from arnie you know like back in the day so we're seeing a different kind of action star but there's i mean apparently reeves did 90 percent of his own stunts in this film. And that's going to keep costs down. I mean, there's a risk to your star having him do <laughs> as as much as he was doing, but it's there. You see it. The action, it's his face. Like honestly, you can watch a film like Commando and it's 
Matrix doing it, you know, the the Arnie character, John Matrix, and he's doing a stunt and it's from behind, you can see that it's not Arnie because no, Arnie's no. got a very unique build. Yeah. But we're getting it here. We're getting yes. to see John Wick from all the angles because it, it's Keanu Reeves. Honestly, it is it's so impressive. And, and again, the talent behind the camera, you know, the, what you don't see, all of that, that needed to work. But if you don't have a star like Keanu Reeves, I mean, he he's incredible. He really is incredible in this. And I'm so glad that they changed the name from Scorn because what was happening is that Keanu Reeves, he started doing press about this move that he was doing. And he kept referring to the movie as his title character, the John Wick film, the John Wick film. So after a while, they're like, let's call it John Wick. I mean, we're getting all yeah. this free press. Like, let's just, let's go with it because Scorn, he's okay, I guess. But it, it's, I mean, it's very it does, mid 2000s though. Even earlier. I mean, it, it could sound a bit 70s. I mean, it's really, it's really interesting. So the, the guy that wrote the film, so where's he gone? I mentioned him, Derek Kolstad. Like when, when he was writing it, like he wasn't thinking of any modern actors. And he was thinking of people like Paul Newman. And even, you know, just as like as an idea. And originally, they were looking at an actor in his 60s. That's what they were going to look at, thinking, because it's a guy that's had a life of crime, you know, or a life, you know, as a hitman. And then he left, he had a wife, something happened, and then he goes back into his old life. So they were going to have him be much older. But when they looked at Reeves, they thought, well, having somebody who's been around in the public eye for such a long time, maybe that could be a way to go instead. And I'm so glad yeah. they got Keanu Reeves for this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, six to eight months, that's how much training he does for each of these John Wick films before they start filming. So... Uh, he already had his talent, obviously, from The Matrix for doing um, various martial arts. For each of the uh, films he's done, he's gotten another black belt in a different martial art. So for this one, uh, he it was working on what he already had, but it was the gunplay that was more important. For John Wick Chapter 2, it was Jiu-Jitsu. John Wick Chapter 3, it was another martial art I can't recall. Um, and then for ch Chapter 4, it was um, weapons. Like, he, they focused on getting him good with, wep with weapons uh, to add on to his martial arts because, like, how many more styles does he have to master for a movie? He's not going into actual combat. It's the fact that he's just so good and he's so dedicated. And like you said, you, you, there's no need to think about, like, I think that was actually him because it was him because they didn't need anyone else because he could do it all. Um, even though he seems to be immune to getting hit by a car <laughs> by some of the later ones. But for this one specifically, this is, I think this is probably the most, uh, efficient of all the films yeah 
think the yep. second ones I like I prefer slightly more just because of the further world building we get out of it. And because they kind of had established their tone, they could experiment a bit more and go a bit further because they had a, they'd shown what they could do and they now they could push further with a bit more money. But this is all of it. This is, I mean, Willem Dafoe, amazing. Oh, and I mean, ev- everybody that just comes in and out of this film and then the setup here and the comeback, if they survive this film, they yeah, come back yeah. in later films. But you're right, the, the mythology, they're building a lot more with Chapter 2. But I just really like the idea. What this film is, like, if you just strip it back, it's a guy who's been messed with and they don't know who they're messing with. And there's just yeah. something about that. It's so straightforward and you understand it straight away. And you want these guys to get their comeuppance. You've got Alfie Allen, the younger brother of Lily Allen, and the son yeah. of, oh, who's his, who's his dad? Uh, actor, oh, I'm blanking. I shouldn't have mentioned that. But his dad's an actor. He's been in yeah, um, heaps of things. But also, everyone knows him as the guy they initially hated on Game of Thrones, right. Theon Greyjoy. So uh, even at the time, Game of Thrones was in its prime. So like Theon Greyjoy, wait, he's going to be another person who I w- wish death on? I'll watch that movie. Because I didn't see, like you, I didn't see this at the cinema. It had gone, come on, gone by the time I'd heard about it. And I just had people coming into the store raving. I'm like, oh, have you seen John Wick yet? I'm like, wait, what? What's John Wick? Like, oh, it's this really awesome uh, action film with Keanu Reeves. I was like, oh, I have to check it out. So the second it dropped and I could go out and see it um, by hiring it, I did. And then all the rest of them I've seen at the cinema. But, uh, again, it's you don't get any of that without this one being this good. That's and- right. Sorry, just going back, Keith Allen. That's his dad, Keith Keith Allen. Allen. So I completely lost my train of thought. I've not seen the fourth one yet. Chapter four, I still need to see that one. But just, again, the the wrong guy being messed with. And do you know what? I I thought this was crazy because his wife dies and she she leaves behind the dog. And that's what sets this whole whole thing off. They go for his car. they, They kill his dog. Now, over the years, like you know, when you know smaller movies, bigger movies, you always start hearing studio notes that had been given and passed and whatever. One of the studio notes that they received for this film, maybe the dog didn't need to die. Now, <laughs> I'm gonna, I mean, that's like John Wick's whole thing. I've got to be honest, right? My wife likes Keanu Reeves, she likes action, she likes dogs more. Yeah, because of what happens to his dog, she's not seen the John Wick films because yeah. of the dog. So maybe um, she'd have benefited from that studio note. But that's like really, <laughs> it's one of the things that's driving his. So what's revenge. he getting? Yeah. So what's his revenge about? His, his car. car. That's his not car. strong enough. No, it's you need not. an emotional uh, driver. And if it isn't like they killed his wife or they took his son, dog and. I like you. I've shown uh, uh, female friends this film. Almost all of them like love dogs. Most of them uh, never got over the dog dying by the time the movie ended. 
but I've also watched it with some female friends who they were in deeper than I was of like kill every single one of these people. I want to see them all dead for what they did to that little puppy because it is such a like, and guys get it as well. Guys, we like dogs. We don't seem to, we don't rave about it as much as girls tend to, but I know a lot of guys, uh, I work with people who are like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm twice divorced. Um, all I need now is my car and my dog. Yep. <laughs> I don't take my dog. Like I get home, my dog loves me. That's all I need. So that was enough for most guys as well. Like you can't mess with a guy's dog. And like, that's the it. Car's, the car's not that nice. Dog absolutely is like irreplaceable. <laughs> as crazy as John Wick's past is and what he can do, the, the violence that he can dish out, at his core, you can really relate to the guy. Yeah. It's really easy to understand what he's lost, what's happened to his dog. He wants his car. And you can just go with it. Now, Lance Reddy as the hotel manager. Oh, yeah. and his unfortunate passing this year. I mean, the TV series Fringe. And I know he was in yeah. The Wire and he's been in all these great things. But this role, and I can't remember who he was talking to. Maybe it was one of the directors. I, I don't know. But for this character, he said to them that, I've got this voice, I've got this accent that I've always wanted to try or, you know, to use, and I've just not had the opportunity. And he did it, and the response was, yeah, do that. And he was like, oh, really? And he got to do it <laughs> because, again, we've seen Lance Reddick in so many different things, but the the line delivery we get from him as the hotel manager is so far removed from everything else that we've seen him in and he, he's great and he likes dogs he looks yeah. after he looks after the dog and just yeah the, and again like you mentioned you know the second film you got more world building but even what we're getting here like the continental so we know that on the ground no violence that that's that's the world you can come in it's a safe haven each city has one and he's a big part of that but another one we're going to talk about is Ian McShane as Winston, the owner yeah. of the Continental. Now, what I didn't know until doing prep for this, he wasn't the original actor they had for the part. Originally, it was Jason Isaacs, but for whatever reason, whether it was scheduling, right. you know, I don't know. But Ian McShane then came on and replaced him. And I can't imagine anybody else other than McShane as Winston, and we get to see more of him in the sequels, but even how much you get from him here and just the, the relationship he clearly has with John Wick. Like, he doesn't call him John. He calls him Jonathan. Like, it's like yeah. they, they've got a... They do so much with so little to establish that there's a relationship, they've got history. Yeah, and there's a warmth to Ian McShane and how he comes in like a... Like someone who, like you said, there's a lot of history, and he's uh, uh he's slightly older, so there's some experience that he's that he's using to temper the people who come to the hotel as well. Whereas if I think as great as I, Jason Isaacs is, and I I'm a huge fan of Jason Isaacs, I think his would have come as a bit colder, more serious, a lot more business like, 
I don't think it would have been as uh, effective. Like yourself, like you said, I, I, you can't really see it. Which is funny because Jason Isaacs has a lot of charisma and a lot of personality. He does, like, but, um, but different. He's different. And like for me, yeah. coming from the UK, Australian audiences or American audiences might not have this association, but Ian McShane will always be Lovejoy. That's a show yeah. I grew up watching, The Antiques Dealer, a little bit dodgy, leather jacket, denim, yeah. denim jeans. Yeah, but Lovejoy. So I always remember him for that. But, yeah, he's um, he's great. Like He's really good in this. And I'm pretty sure the, the prequel series that they're making, which is a 70s set series, a three-part series, it's like a mini-series, each episode is 90 minutes. And one of the main characters in the Continental show is a young Winston. Okay, that's interesting. And I don't know who he's playing, but Mel Gibson is in that as well. So it's, yeah, it's just, it's a three part, 90 minute episode miniseries. Mel Gibson plays the person who uh, Winston eventually replaces. Yeah, potentially. But here in Australia, we don't know where it's going to be available because in the US they get it on Peacock. We don't have that. Oh, uh, yeah. Maybe Stan, somewhere like that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, as long as we get access to it, this is the annoying thing, which I'm sure in the US it's infinitely worse that you have Peacock and you've got HBO Max and you've got... Well, like the, a, recently, like every, a million the recently rebranded Max... Because yeah. Warner's, in their infinite wisdom, decided to drop HBO from, from HBO okay. Max. Yeah, I mean HBO. Yeah, yeah. the thing that has been since uh, the Wire was still the Wire, airing, but yeah, okay, Sopranos. Yeah. I mean, you know, the list goes on. But they're gonna they're just gonna go with um, with Max. But yes, they've got more streaming service in in the US. But we'll get access to it. You know where whatever, eventually. Uh, you mentioned Willem Dafoe as uh, Marcus. He is a skilled sniper and Wick's old friend. So again, like if you look at the runtime, like they introduce the world, so many different characters. They establish the rules so you're able to follow it. And you know, you've got uh, the other assassin who doesn't survive the film, uh, Miss Perkins, a ruthless and highly skilled Hit woman, so that's the thing. Like, there's, there's, you know, hitmen, and they, and there's consequences. Like, people, this is a world where people die. You know, oh, okay. So you know, you feel like you know, John Wick is going to be your through line, whether it's at the time of watching this first one, how many films you're going to get out of this, but other characters around him are are dying. Like she, she dies. Marcus dies. Like people yeah. are not surviving this film but what really did set this apart from a lot of other action films was the way the way they shot it the way they shot the action it's just you've obviously had a couple of stunt coordinators working on different films like these guys worked under the Wachowskis for the Matrix Speed Racer I'm sure there's another one in there and then after a while I think about 10 years they spent working under them they're like okay if we were going to do an action film, this is how we would do it. And ah, it, it's all the better for it. Yeah. And it's funny, I watch uh, on Corridor Crew, they do Stuntmen React. 
And one thing they often bring up is because a lot of second units do the stunt work, stunt shooting, because it's not it's your choreographers, it's your stunt men. Uh, they know because they ride it or they choreograph it all and they practice it with cameras to make sure they're playing the action to the camera that the the actor has to perform. And, you know, those stuntmen are actors as well because they know they have to be able to sell the action and the uh, the emotion of the fight, the stakes of the fight uh, when they're doing all the moves. And every single one of them always come about of, like, it's frustrating as a stunt person, especially if you're a choreographer as well, when you work really hard on a sequence and you like, you know, you watch dailies and you're like, we got it, we nailed it. And then it goes to air or it comes out and editing have gotten their hands on it and they've chopped and changed to add energy <laughs> to yeah. a fight by adding in a million cuts. And like, but you didn't need that. Like we shot, we, if like we put it in there the way it was told to us by the director, these are the stakes. I want this kind of like kind of action and they choreograph it with those little bits of in there. If they wanted more space, they would have filmed it faster or they would have done, uh, changed angles to, to increase the speed or made different camera moves to add speed to the fight. What you don't do is you chop away because it makes it hard to follow the fight sequences. So here we go. No, no, uh, no surprise that the stunt guys are the directors and they're like, no, 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 no. Let you want to see them happen. You want to see how it happens because by not cutting away, by seeing everything done by a very talented stunt, stunt team and Keanu Reeves who's learned as well as the guys he's performing with it makes the audience can see the level of competency you don't need to keep reiterating it in the script like oh he's so dangerous you have no idea he's the best there is because the audience is seeing it and it's something that like you said after this came out and the second one it's like more and more stunt coordinator uh directors have started to cotton on like maybe we shouldn't keep cutting away from the fights maybe we shouldn't do multiple cuts to increase speed we should speak to the stunt team and see oh we want some more energy what can you give us like trust like oh we can sort that out don't worry about that because it's it's better it's more it's more interesting and just i mean we know that we're watching actors we understand that, but it's a lot more believable. You can go with it when you're seeing Reeves doing what he's doing in this movie. Like it is, it's the difference between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Batman Begins, as much as I love that film, everything, every fight scene is close contact and quick edits. They yeah. improved on that with The Dark Knight, but it's still not like what we're getting from John Wick, where you can spend time with an actor, the stunt team, and you can watch the fight sequence play out. And it doesn't need to be constant movement. Like it could be stumbling, getting back up, dropping a weapon, you know, falling into your opponent. It doesn't need to be perfectly choreographed. I mean, of course this is, but it looks at times in a good way, 
clumsy. Like John Wick isn't Superman. So he occasionally will hit somebody by falling into them or he might miss. And the same with whoever he's fighting. It's not perfect hit for a hit. And it's just so yeah. much better for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a good example recently was in season three of Mandalorian. He's got to fight his way through like a sequence of guards and it starts off. He doesn't have a weapon. So when he takes out the first two guys, one of the things he does is he managed to get a knife off him and stab the two guys. The second one, he throws the knife to kill him. As that guy starts to fall off the ledge, you see him scramble to try and get that knife back. Cause otherwise, again, he doesn't have a weapon for the next two. That's the sort of action choreography. I think John Wick inspired. Yeah. Because they let the actions, you know, you can't see the face of the Mandalorian. It's all costume. But you can see in that body language of like, oh, no, I need that. That's that mad scramble for something. Like, all communicated. No dialogue required. No obvious, like, cut and, like, zoom in of like, oh, look, it's right there. He needs that. And then, like, zoom back to him where he is. No, no, no. In that little shuffle of like oh crap uh, I'm, I'm in trouble like get surprised and quickly has to run and close the distance before they can pull a gun over to aim at him or he gets thrown off the balcony and lands on his back for john wick and you can see he's like oh and he, like he gets up and he's like i gotta leave I've, I've just had the wind knocked out of me i can't go taking people on right now he he understands like that's it my opportunity here was just spent i need to now back and re replan that's it tells so much more story and it, it's it's more believable yeah and it sells it all as well because again that level of confidence he's not superman if he just shook that off and then walked through another five guys you'd be like okay i mean in, now, um, we've, in, we've all, all we've all slipped over yeah we all <laughs> slipped over and hurt ourselves and then like gotten the slow big pick up of like oh not right now we ha- we ha- I've yes. done it on the football pitch. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, in, in later films, he does start wearing bulletproof suits and things like yeah. that. And, and that's why it makes me laugh a little bit when some people who are getting superhero fatigue and they're shying away from the MCU and they're looking at a more realistic action film like John Wick. He's like, settle down, guys. Like, you know. Like, yes, um, if he falls, he may hold his side and, and he may limp for a little while, but then he's running, he's shooting, he's like, you know, on all that things. But it's really impressive. Again, you know, a budget between 20 and 30 million. And for this film to now be considered one of the greatest action films ever made and go on to be one of the most successful action franchises with Keanu Reeves in the lead, and he was cast at a time where he wasn't getting much work. So it really is a success story for him. Oh, do you know what? Another studio note, does he have to have the beard? If we're having a star in our film, we don't like to cover the face. But the idea with this character and with this world, like the we're going back to, you know, like the 70s, you know, that kind of era, you know, where you would have, yeah. you know, Al Pacino with a beard or or yeah. whatever. But... But not just that. The character's in mourning. He's not bothering about shaving. He's not impressing anyone. He's still thinking about his wife he just buried. He's but not that, thinking I about know, shaving but... his face. <laughs> the beard 
the long hair, the suit, that's John Wick. Like I remember, yeah. I can't remember how many, I think he'd done maybe two, potentially three John Wick films, and then he did Bill and Ted Face the Music, and for that, it was clean shaven. I'm like, oh, wow, Keanu Reeves looks very different, which I guess was a good thing, you know, because you don't want Bill and Ted and have Ted look like John Wick. So it made sense why yeah. he would be clean shaven. But that's just a silly studio note. Can we not yeah. have our actor clean shaven? But you're right, it's in yeah, morning. So just, yeah. yeah, and also, you initially wanted someone older. Like, was they going to be clean shaven? Because if you wanted to show, like, some wear, some haggardness, like, roughing them up a beard is a great way. You get between a young someone younger and someone more our age or Keanu Reeves age when he made this, like a little bit of pepper in the beard shows, oh, there's some experience, there's some age there, there's some, there's gone through some stuff. Like It does. If he was clean shaven and looked like a child, like Paul Rudd, like... Oh, I mean, come on. He's He's got a painting <laughs> of himself in his attic. That's, <laughs> that's what's going on. I mean, Paul Rudd is ridiculous how youthful yeah. he looks. I mean, go yeah. back and watch Clueless from the nineties. The guy looks the same. Like, he has yeah. not, he has not aged, aged at all. Yeah, but um, yeah, but John Wick, Keanu Reeves. I mean, it's the perfect, the perfect casting, isn't it? It really is. Um, and also, the silent protagonist, or, ma- or mainly silent protagonist, is it? It works not just before Keon Reeves, but it works as a storytelling element because it allows you to project a lot more onto what you're seeing. Um, you know, he's not being rattled because he's so focused. Uh, yeah. And when he does say something like, why don't you take the night off, Jimmy? Thank you, Mr. Wick. Like, yeah, I, the respect. Everything's more formal. There's the, the respect's there because it wasn't... he respects you enough to not just kill you, but yeah. also to, to speak to you in, with your name. And everything formal, you're like it works a lot better. So when he does get angry when they're about when he's been captured and they're about to put the bag on his head and he's like spitting, like you can give me him, tell me who he is, or you can die right along. Like he's yelling and he's screaming. All that like calm we've had up until that point is gone, and you see that emotion. It has more impact because he's been either quiet or silent. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so good. Just that scene you just mentioned there with um with Jimmy. Is that is that with Kevin Nash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's playing a Russian, just like he did in the Punisher film, which we have also also reviewed. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You lost weight? Yeah, almost forty pounds. <laughs> you know, I didn't notice when watching it, but you know, because the whole thing is that John Wick's back, and then the police at the door. Are you working again, John? That's cool as well. Cause like, you know, the good guys, the bad guys, they all know him. And and it's bad news for anybody. The bad guys, the good yeah. guys, if John Wick is back. But people responding to him doing what he's doing in this film, they often go, Oh, oh, oh. You know, like I didn't make the connection, but that's apparently, you know, the whole thing with you know Keanu Reeves over the years. Whoa. Like he did it in the Matrix, yeah. did it in earlier films. Yeah. So that was yeah. a thing that they were aware of. But what they didn't want was for him to say, and it's such a good thing that that he didn't. But it was a good little 
Easter egg, I guess, in there. I mean, the the yeah. sound of this film, the score, they went to Tyler Bates. Uh, much of his work is in the action horror film genres with films like Dawn of the Dead, 300, Sucker Punch, the Rob Zombie Halloween films, and of course, the John Wick franchise. So they've kept him as the composer um, throughout all, all the films, and he's doing good, good work here. But with John Wick, if you're going to rate it out of five, I got to come in at five. I mean, I really do think it is a perfect action film. The sequence, the set pieces are really well done. Each of them memorable for different reasons. Um, the premise is simple, easy to communicate, and it doesn't get muddied. No, no, no. Revenge. Kill my dog. He dies. I'm like, it, it sells to everyone and every single person in this film, whether the directors, the lighting, the costume, the suits, everything's very clean and well presented. Everyone's smashing it. Um, and I never get sick of watching this film. How about yourself? There you go. Perfect five. Five for me as well. Like there's there's no critiquing, like negative critiquing of this film. Like it just works. It's such a tight film. It's doing exactly what it needs to do. And again, like it just changed all the action films for the better. And I am looking forward to chapter four. Do we need to go and see that one? But yeah, this is a a five-star film because it's it's an experience isn't it like and it's it's the character the world building but the stunts that's why you can go keep going back to it like just it never it never gets old yeah absolutely well that's it for our episode all about john wick if you'd like to contact us about this episode or suggest a topic for an upcoming episode you can find us on facebook as sounds like comics podcast you've been listening to luke and jay the guys from sounds like comics see you soon